Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks podcast and I am really pleased and excited to welcome Marie to the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you a bit more about hope and some other topics during today's session. Um, But let's start with where you're at today. How are you today? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling really beautiful. Um I I have come to this place. It seems like all of the sudden and I I don't know like where the universe is shifting at right now. Um but I just I feel in flow with things and it's an amazing feeling. Gorgeous. Oh, yes, we need some of that in our lives. Thank you, Marie. That's brilliant. So, I know you know about the podcast already and how it's kind of set up, but the way that I like to start is right back at the kind of beginning of the story and think about the time when you were feeling very hopeless or very low and work our way forward time-wise to where you are now. Would you be able to share with us your experiences of feeling hopeless or feeling very low? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many points in time in life. Um, so I'll just I'll just pick, you know, one. I grew up in a in a fairly abusive home uh, mentally and and physically um I say fairly quite it was actually quite mm-hmm. and uh so you know my sense of self my just my essence of of who I was um I I didn't really know you know who I was and so I had severe anxiety um depression you know, I, I hopped straight from living with my, my parents into, uh, my marriage, um, with my husband at the time. And, you know, not when you, when you go into that kind of a, of a commitment, not knowing who you are, <laughs> it's mm. not and well, right. <laughs> really, really difficult. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that happened. And, and so for, for almost 20 years, I, I allowed myself to be in that situation. And there were so many lows, you know, there were highs too. Um, it wasn't all bad. And at the same time, like it was just very, I don't know, you know, it's not one person's fault or the other. There's a, there's a, a culmination of that. And at yeah. the same time, it just created this perfect, cesspool of despair mm-hmm. and you know uh, uh, trying to figure out a way to to move forward mm-hmm. and um so you know counseling kind of began that journey for me okay. and, and woke me up to wow there are other ways to think in life there's other things that I could be doing in my life and then that also started my journey with yoga during that time as well Okay, so it was kind of the culmination of a number of different things, a lot of different things. And your real low point 
might be quite hard to put to one distinctive point, but maybe over a period of time of feeling as though you didn't really know yourself or really truly know who you are. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah. I mean, years, mm. years I was in that. It's, it's not, you know, sometimes you think, oh, especially when I look at myself today mm-hmm. and where I'm at today. And I see that I can snap myself out of anything that I'm going through in a matter of like minutes sometimes now. Wow. And think of the years, literally years that I went through uh, feeling in the way that I felt and, and that I, that I allowed myself to, to be in that space and uh, because I didn't have the tools. Right. Right. And Yes, that's so important because the tool, you know, it is as simple as learning some tools to help us get out of it. But we also have to see that we're not happy. Right. And that takes kind of looking at the situation with honesty and not trying to pretend like everything's okay when it's not, which let's be honest, it's a it's a defense mechanism that many people use and I have used myself included at times where you just keep going and pretend that everything is fine because it's just too painful to look at how not fine things might be and it sounds like it might be yeah it sounds as though it could have been something similar to that yeah and you know I grew up in a home where you didn't talk about your problems right? right and so you know very much we were encouraged to not share how we were feeling And so even when I got out into the quote unquote real world, um, I I didn't share my problems with other people. I I kept them to myself. And, you know, my my husband at the time, he was not that way. Like Mm. he shared anybody and everybody what was going on. And so it it was just that very, that that private, you know, I I didn't feel like I could show my true face Mm -hmm. to others. Or, and or that they would even care right if I did. right 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 so it's something there about feeling invisible and feeling unheard or or that what you have to say no one's going to want to listen to it and I can really I can really relate to that feeling of feeling like what you have to share isn't doesn't feel worth sharing or doesn't feel like someone would want to hear it um, but how interesting that you were in a in a relationship where it, you were you were very opposite in your ways of being that that your then husband was a sharer because I was thinking whilst you were saying that it's it, sometimes it can be quite a generational thing sometimes there can be like a gender involvement as well about how much people share and I can definitely identify a generational thing of it's a newer thing for people to open up and be honest and talk about their most difficult and vulnerable experiences and in the past perhaps it's been something that just wasn't done like something that people didn't do and it's a huge journey to get from feeling where you you don't want to share anything and also because then you're in control right if you don't share you're in control of it and then moving from that point to a place where you are able to talk freely or you are able to I don't know express it or process it more that's so interesting yeah, I feel too. So, you know, I, I, I'm a human design consultant mm-hmm. and, you know, part of my journey and moving forward was finding out my human design. Right. And 
part of learning your human design is being able to look back in your design and, and see how that's affected your life as well. And so part of mine is, you know, I, I live the first 30 years of my life making mistakes, <laughs> then the next 20 years of my life reflecting on those events that happen in, in life. And for me, no longer seeing them as mistakes. However, you know, those learning opportunities that I that I had and now coming to the point where I'm I'm being kind of pulled down from the place of observation and, mm -hmm. you know, being see what happened and being called to to share some of those things and, you know, becoming a coach and, and working with people with their own life, being able to really come from that place of vulnerability and share my journey in the hopes that someone else can see that and say, I don't have to be ashamed because right. I was ashamed. I was ashamed for so long mm -hmm. and blamed myself, felt guilt you know, all those very low vibration type mm -hmm. feelings and, and on a consistent basis. And, you know, it just, it really brought my whole essence down. Yeah. And so, yeah, the hope is to, to share that out. So that way there's, if there's other, and not if, because there are, yes. <laughs> I cannot be the only person on the planet. Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I love yeah. that. I really want to get on to talking to you a bit about human design, but we'll what we'll do is we'll we'll go into it in a bit more detail because I think it's such a powerful tool and I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah. But before we get there, would you say that that was one of the first tools that started to help you find some hope from that place of feeling really low? I know you mentioned yoga earlier and possibly some other things as well. What what would you say? right at the beginning when you're in that very low and um, you, you just said, you know, guilty, shameful kind of feeling place, what were the very first things or were there any particular tools or processes that you did that really, really helped you? If you were talking to someone who was in that space, what would you say, this is what helped me? Yes. Uh, when I go back to beginner mindset, as I feel like I was in that space and time, the Therapy actually was a huge catalyst for yeah. me because the first therapist that I had, not so much, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there are no accidents, right? The universe yeah. sent another one. And mm -hmm. so she was the one who really and truly was able to crack through that exterior for me. She had certification in something called EMDR mm -hmm. and that practice that she, you know, had me go through helped to relieve countless amounts of the trauma that I had received from from childhood and even into my early adulthood as well. And then from there, you know, realizing that I actually had worth, mm -hmm. um, that started to build on that. Uh, a huge catalyst was starting to read texts that also put me in that direction as well. And one of the texts that was incredibly important for me was Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, the, the number one thing that stuck out for me in there was the phrase, when people know better, they do better. 
Right. And, you know, just realizing that my parents were people too. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse what happened. And at the same time, it makes sense of it for me. And it, and it made sense of it for me. So, you know, allowing myself to be able to start to then look around and explore different tools that might work for me. Yoga actually was a huge catalyst for me, you know, moving my body, um, exploring myself that way. I had always wanted to travel and you know, had decided not to because my my partner at the time was not down for that. Okay. <laughs> and so I just decided to go myself. Oh, and yes, love it. yeah, mm -hmm. so, you know, when I was finishing up my, my undergraduate career, I had decided to go to Costa Rica for six weeks uh, for a kind of a host program exchange and, and then had left my travel dreams at that point because I had decided, okay, we are in debt. We don't have the money to be able to do this. All of the reasons, all of the things, right? Mm -hmm. And when I was in my doctorate program, one of my professors, he was from China and asked if I would go and teach at his school in wow. China. Yes. And uh, so I, you know, left my husband back in the US and I said, I'm doing this, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going. And so I went there for five months um, all by myself. Mm -hmm. And that is truly where I found myself. Literally, I I found a friend, you know, we connected. She took me to the hometown where her husband was from. It had this beautiful lake, this beautiful setting. We were bicycling around the lake. And all of a sudden, I felt my myself that, that used to float above me and watch this body walk around and live this life come back inside of me. And I felt like whole again. It was the strangest, most amazing feeling ever. But I, I, I just, I found myself. So that was like, that was a huge, you know, being able to just travel and, and know that I could make it on my own. I could yes. be my own person. Yes, yes. And, yes. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah. what you just said there is so powerful because Right now, we're obviously in a position where lots of us can't travel because of coronavirus. And it's just to kind of think back to how transformational it can be to go traveling or to travel around or even to travel somewhere not that far from home, but but to do it by yourself. And obviously, there will be a time when, when we can. Again, at the, the moment in the UK, we can't really go anywhere, but it it will happen. And, and there is something so powerful in that I can really relate to traveling um, somewhere on my own and you're then not in reaction to anyone else you're not in conversation with anybody else who who kind of would map out how you might behave you're literally just doing exactly what you want to do when you want to do it because it feels good you're following your intuition you're following your feelings and yeah that description there of you on your bike I mean that's just so powerful because yeah, just wow. I, I think we can remove ourselves as a way to cope sometimes and be like watching what's going on or watching our life from a sort of slightly removed place. And like you were describing watching almost above yourself. And, and then 
but the other the other option is to be living right inside our body where all the good feelings are and the bad ones too but all the good stuff is is right there but we've just got to feel it and so then you kind of felt this feeling of coming back into who you really felt you were or who you really wanted to be and and maybe we're ready to start that conversation again about about who you want to be because that is a conversation that you know I continue to have about behaving in a way that is true to the person that I want to be not just you know who I am now who I aspire to be as well so that's just incredible so yeah some great ones in there yoga getting into your body and I I love that and traveling as well you know and realizing how capable you are because so often when our self-worth is really low we don't feel capable until you just do it and then therapy as well and I I really love that because you know I'm a therapist and I really believe in therapy and I think there's something so transformational about being able to revisit your past experiences and realize that they weren't your fault and they weren't necessarily your parents fault or whoever else you were being impacted by but they were your experience and you can now view them from your adult point of view instead of just from the memory of the you know five-year-old you or the seven-year-old you and that's really powerful because you can have compassion for yourself and you can have compassion for those other people which takes you out of the victim position doesn't it and puts you somewhere more powerful which is transformational I really do think it is so thank you thank you there was just some incredible little nuggets in there was there anything else before I'm, I'm going to start picking your brains about human design so I really want to get onto that was there anything else? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, another critical thing about that too, was that I was in a country where I didn't know the language. I didn't really know anybody in the beginning. And so I spent massive amounts of time by myself with myself, yes. getting to know myself. Right. And yeah, so that was a huge thing. And then also to hindsight, again, being 2020 in my in my neuroscience and now somatic coaching experience, knowing how important that the body is and that our body is our largest sense organ, everything mm-hmm. is coming into play first. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was separated from my body and not able to truly listen to my intuition or my higher self. Mm. That was a critical, such a critical point. And, you know, just even as I'm sitting here speaking to you, I'm having these aha moments about that um, in a way that I haven't before, just truly thinking about how amazing that that point in time was for me to be able to, because so many of us, when we do have that trauma, we divorce ourselves from we're such a society that prizes our 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 knowledge and Mm -hmm. and our thinking and being in our head and and we truly feel like that's where we reside is in our head right Mm -hmm. um but actually our our true self you know our higher self is being in touch with our body and, and truly being able to connect with with who we are at that level because as we experience life, the the air, the sound, the temperature, all of those things that that come into our body first, into our nerves, that then go into our brain, that are then turned into the dendrites and synapses that create our experiences and our emotions, and how that all like builds and crescendos on each other. 
And, you know, we use our, our past experiences to create uh, our perception of our reality of, of what it is. It's our body first. And, and when we're not in our bodies, we are not truly able to appreciate and process what is happening in our lives. So, yes, um, yes, I love that. I, it's, that's made me get goosebumps even thinking about that. And that's, that's the body, right? That's not the brain. Um, that's not my thoughts. And I, I, I really like what you said there as well, because I can't tell you how much I work with my clients and with children that I work with where I'm explaining to people that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are something that happens, but you are separate to them. Like they are not you. They are not your identity. And just because you've had a thought doesn't mean you have to keep it, you know, just you just had a thought. And, and there's so much more to us than, than what goes on in our kind of inner monologue. And that's just so powerful. I think really, really powerful there. And, and I also loved what you said about spending time with yourself because I find so many people are really frightened to do that because spending time with yourself means listening to the things that are wrong. Spending time with yourself is frightening when you know that life isn't what you want it to be. And, and people do all sorts of things to avoid that. You know, get, people drink themselves into oblivion or they watch endless tv or they you know it it could be any number of things in order to not have to go there in order to not experience that time alone with self but that is the way through to being somewhere where you are free of that and I can't you know I having done that process myself and coming through the other side it's so much more peaceful to really know yourself and know who you are and be okay with that is so empowering. And if you don't give yourself permission to go there and actually find out that maybe it's not as bad as you thought it was, but but yeah, you were right. There were some things that needed to change. Yeah, really, really fascinating. And I think a gorgeous takeaway maybe for the listeners about don't be afraid to spend some time alone and spend some time with yourself, even if you can only do little bits at a time because it's it's really powerful and I love I really love what you said there okay let's get on to human design because I am really excited about this so this is something I've only come across quite recently and um, so for anyone who doesn't know about human design I'll let you explain it in a minute because you'll, you'll do a much better job than me but it's kind of like a profiling technique which uses lots of different different things drawn together to create this this profile which can be really really supportive in understanding yourself and how you work and I discovered this really recently and it just helped so much and I found that it was a lot more I found that it was a lot more accurate than than other things that I've done before so for example it uses please correct me if I'm wrong Marie but it uses the I Ching and it uses astrology so star signs things like that lots of different things all brought together and for example my star sign might not always ring true for me. And I, and I feel like there's lots of my personality that that didn't capture. But then when I read up about my human design, and it can be, it felt quite complicated to get into it. But once I kind of understood it a bit better, it, it made so much sense for me. So, so how did you discover human design? And tell us when you know, when you get there a little bit of, of what, what you how you would explain human design to someone who didn't know anything about it. Uh, so it was, again, something that the universe just kind of sent me. I heard someone say the words and they gave just a, a one or two little snippets about, you know, the type of 
design that I have, my my aura in particular, because there's you know four different types of auras, and it just uh, resonated with me so strongly that I felt that I needed to go and study it more. And so, again, I happened to be in another group on Facebook mm-hmm. and happened to see someone post. I'm you know, this uh, instructor, I'm offering this course. It was this intensive, like it was almost 60 hours of a course in a month, one month. Yes, yes. And so um, I just, I felt compelled. I, I, I'm like, I must do this. And so just wanted it for myself again, like all of the tools that I over the years that I actually use in my coaching, <laughs> I, I thought I was doing it for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Everything for myself. It wasn't intentionally necessarily for someone else. And, yeah. and so um, I, you know, went into that self-exploration phase and um, just came out on the other side, blown away and felt like I must use this to help other people. Um, yeah. And it's that idea of it, it comes together perfectly with being in your body because that is, it's truly what human design is. It helps us to pay attention to our intuition more. I mean, how many times have we had a gut instinct to mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. and then we think about it, mm-hmm. we get in our heads and we do something completely opposite and then hindsight again being 2020 looking back and saying why did i do that yes you know yes. i knew i knew and so just really helping you to come back into your body as that tool as that place where you can truly listen to yourself truly understand i can trust my higher self i can trust my body, I can trust my instincts. And, you know, being able to utilize that as well, to tap into your energy, how much energy do we expend on worry, expend on anxiety, expend on thinking about our past, expend on thinking about, you know, what other people are doing to us or what they are doing. Um, And, you know, really just let go of all of that power that we have and give that away to other areas in our life when really everything that we have, everything that we know is inside of us. And we just need to tap into ourselves and ask ourselves, what next? And and we have answers within us. And when we're truly able to direct that energy within, instead of giving it away without, what power that we truly have as human beings. That's that's awesome. I think what you the word you used to describe it was power. And I think that's that's exactly it because there's something about reclaiming your power and 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 all the time that we feel as though I don't know, I don't know how to do it, I don't know what's next, I don't know how to cope with this, I don't know what I'm gonna do. All the time we're telling ourselves that, then then we see more of that. We feel more of that confusion unknown I don't know what to do and this is something I yeah I've really enjoyed about learning about my human design is is it started to slot into all of all of the other knowledge that I have so for example 
my own knowledge about my attachment style, which is very kind of related to therapy. For anyone who doesn't know about attachment styles, it's kind of thinking about how you've attached to your primary carer when you were really young, and then that impacts your later relationships. And it's kind of one of the backbones of, of lots of psychological therapies and kind of understanding my own attachment style and how that shows up nowadays. And then putting that in conjunction with my human design and learning that I was a type called a projector really helped me to understand that if I was leaning into my type from human design, then the issues that would come up from my attachment style would then be counteracted and would not be an issue. And it's just really, really interesting because what I've heard from people and, and actually similarly to how I felt myself is that they felt truly seen or truly understood for the first time when they had their um, their human design shown to them or they learned to understand it and it's not to say there isn't some resistance because there's definitely some things that I read and I was like mm, I'm not sure like I don't know if I I don't know if I want to know that about myself but then on the other hand it's that thing we were talking about earlier that the more you know about yourself the less frightening it is and the more you're okay with the fact that sometimes I need to say no to things because that's just that's just who I am and what I need to do and how I it's self-preservation you know it's important to put yourself first and yeah I there's lots of different elements isn't there for human design because I think if you're someone who is just looking into human design in the first place it can feel really overwhelming I certainly when I first looked at it had to really want to understand this in order to kind of get through all of the stuff so you have like your type which is is important and you have your kind of strategy and then you might have particular elements as well what would you recommend to people as a place to begin like where would you recommend people start if they're just wanting to dip their toe in and understand a little bit about it yes I I think for me when I'm working with people because there there is like the coaching element that I use with it and when I just say, okay, let's, you know, look at your design, just, just to start with understanding your aura is incredibly important. Like you said, because it, it leads to your strategy and your authority. So your strategy is, you know, the way that you respond or not respond to things that come at you in life. So Knowing, for instance, if you are a generator or a manifesting generator, that you are not meant to go out and make things happen, that you are meant to kind of watch as things are happening in life and respond to them. And the more that you try and go out and push for things to happen, then you get in that mode of frustration and, you know, you feel like, well, why isn't this person listening to me? Or why aren't these things working out? And then you end up entering into commitments that you don't really have the energy or the will to complete. And then you don't complete them. And then you feel really badly about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you make a promise. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do this next time. And then you go into it again. And it's not right for you again, because you're pushing again. And then you quote unquote fail again. Mm-hmm. And so all of this becomes very detrimental to your self-esteem, like who you feel like you are, because you're like, 
well, this, I must be a quitter because I I keep stopping all of these things Mm -hmm. when really being able to see that, you know, because of being a generator, this is the way that you need to operate is on this response to life. You can then begin to look at it as, ah, I'm not a quitter. I'm preserving my energy. And if I learn through my authority on actually how I'm supposed to be, I'm meant to be listening to myself, then I can enter into engagements in the proper way. And then I will have enough energy for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's, there was two things in there that really resonated with me, actually. One was about the, the not pushing, because I felt like so many of the auras, that was the word that you used to describe them, were suggesting that you shouldn't push like almost none of them really well it was like you're in response to or you're waiting for an invitation or you're reflecting back to people and and what was really interesting to me is that is that we live in a culture that suggests that if you just push hard enough you can get the things that you want if you keep going if you push harder if you work harder if you do things better if you work smarter etc etc and actually it's not true like you you can't work really really hard and then you'll get your dream job your dream I don't know partner your your dream home it's not true like there are so many things that change on the way and actually it's it's much truer I find that if I follow my intuition I get closer to the things that really light me up and make me feel really good and that that is you know my dream scenario is to feel lit up about what I do so that was really important I think about it almost gives us permission to not push because you're suddenly like, oh, wow, like it's not me. It's not my fault that even though I've I've been really working hard, this hasn't happened. And the second thing, which is related to this, is I always felt like I was a starter and not a finisher. I'm great at starting projects. I am motivated and I'm someone who's driven, but I always felt like I wasn't a finisher. And I would say that about myself, which is actually quite detrimental. But now I understand that it's because that's not what I'm meant to do. That's not what I'm designed to do. And I can finish something if I'm really passionate about it. It's just about where I need to check out because my energy's dropped. And yes, the different types, which I found really interesting was that some generate their own energy and some don't. And learning that I'm someone who doesn't generate my energy has given me so much permission to realize that I'm not lazy, you know, Um, because I know I'm not. But on the other hand, you know, I've been in situations where people are like, how can you possibly need more sleep, you know? And it's, and it's like, yeah, but I, I do, like, I'm really tired or whatever. And, and, you know, if I'm as a projector interacting with a generator, say, for example, who doesn't need that same level of rest, it's about understanding each other, which can open up so much in relationships that you then become empathetic and compassionate towards the other person for what they need, rather than critical, because they're not the same as you. And before I kind of understood my human design, I, I could never have really grasp that so it's given me something extra that I feel that I can take to my clients and to myself and my own relationships with with my loved ones but I I can really truly understand where they're coming from more because people are driven by different things we're not all motivated by the same things and that's that's really important to know that yeah and and I feel like we 
we we know that, but to truly like tap into that. And and there's like three things that popped up for me immediately, you know, when you were speaking. Number one, when people are introduced to their human design and, and they understand about what you were just talking about, about that it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this huge, it's almost like a, like a tea kettle going off. Like the pressure <laughs> that's relieved. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like, oh my goodness, you know? And, and it's, I, I relate very much to the same thing that you were saying about, you know, that being lazy or how could you possibly need more sleep? Because I'm a manifester and I don't use my energy in the same way that other people do. And, you know, thinking about those those things that were told about if you just do this, you know, kind of a thing. For me, one of the phrases that stuck with me all my life was better to ask for forgiveness than to than to ask for permission, right? Mm-hmm. Beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Mm-hmm. Every single time that I tried to apply that in my life, I got in a world of trouble for right. that. <laughs> yeah. It's because as a manifester, I am supposed to inform people of what I'm doing. Yeah. And then I don't get resistance. Mm-hmm. So um it's it's you know that that whole idea of really all of these these stories that are swirling out there about what we ought to be and what we ought to do and all these catchy little phrases and things that we that we pick up on and you know, just when you learn your design, how, how opposite that that actually can truly be and and how much relief that it provides when you figure that out. And then like the third thing is we have this, this phrase again, that says, I think therefore I am. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, I believe the opposite way I am. Therefore I think, Mm -hmm. and your, I am in human design your, your body is your vehicle. That is your, I am that is, that is where your soul, your spirit, your higher self, whatever you want to call it, that is where you reside. And you are not your design by any stretch of the imagination. You are not that you, you are an entity unto yourself. Your design is the vehicle in which you are in this lifetime that you have access to that once you understand that you can begin to live through in the way that you are meant to um, with your free will that you exercise and your consciousness, as it were, look at it like kind of that backseat driver, that person that might be sitting next to you or, you know, telling you like, um, go this way when really you want to go that way or, you know, turn left and you, and you want to go right. And, and um, it sometimes, you know, when you, when you think about how often that your consciousness is wrong about a situation, like you think, oh, that person must not like me. They didn't say anything to me. Mm-hmm. Later on, you find out they just didn't see me and and they didn't, you know, weren't able to to say hello. They were in their own thoughts or whatever. So would you pay a professional to be wrong as often as your consciousness is. And, you know, when we're truly able to tap back into that, I am our vehicle, our body, so much of those things that get in our way in life that come from our consciousness, we're just able to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And Oh, yeah, the pressure release that we were talking about earlier, like just having that permission to let go, like you do not need to be all 
people to, you know, all things to all people. You do not need to get everything right. You do not need to have done everything, achieved everything, have ticked off this whole list of who you should be. You can can really lean into yourself and what feels good and what feels right. And, and that's something that I talk about a lot as well is about intuition and, and leaning into that and how you even begin to learn to trust that kind of inner knowledge and the inner voice and and it's so powerful like you said earlier when you know you have an instinct to do something and then you don't do it you do something else like that's something I can relate to so strongly when I was younger having learned to not follow my intuition and follow my logic and then I had to kind of unpick that and unlearn that as I got older that in it's actually the opposite way around that I need to follow my intuition and then my logic might support or inform that or it might get in the way but actually my intuition is where it's at that's where the answers are at and all of the amazing things that I'm most proud of and I'm most happy about have all come out of making an intuitive decision where I don't really know where it's going to go but this feels like the right thing right now so I'm going to follow it and it's it's sometimes people think that's a bit scary but also it's really liberating because it just means that you're like you don't have to get it right if I just if I don't like it I'll change my mind and I'll do the other thing you know but I'm going to try this out and and it's sort of permission to play again which is something is so hard to do as an adult it's like we almost lose how to do it and it's so important because if you're coming from a playful curious place that's not stressful that's fun that's totally possible to change your mind in that space and intuition is almost tapping into some of that kind of childhood knowledge childhood experience where you would have just gone to the park to play with your mates because that's what felt good you know or whatever it was you did it's really really important we sort of lose track of it and instead we replace it with so many kind of shoulds and this needs to be done and obligations and things that don't feel good and then, yeah, it almost feels like coming full circle to a place where you can you can learn to experience life the way you want to again, maybe. Yeah, and you know, as as you were speaking about that that playfulness, it's said that children, if you give them like a paperclip, they can find a hundred ways of something to do with that paperclip <laughs> of how to use it. Mm-hmm. If you give it to an adult, we're lucky if we can come up with five maybe even the most creative adult can come up with maybe 10 ways to use that paperclip. And it's because we have had all of those societal shoulds, shouldn'ts, what ifs just kind of placed upon us. Um, And our educational system isn't really set up for that either. It's set up for, here's the box. You can fit within this box. And if you don't, then, you know, all of these things. And So my daughter, she's seven, and uh, she happens to be on the autism spectrum. She's very, very high functioning, um, has untapped, unlimited potential as far as her way that she looks at the world. Mm. And I believe that she was sent to me to help me to tap back into that creative side of myself to figure out more possibilities, more ways to come at being able to solve something that is happening than just those five ways. Like the straightforward ways. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Because I'm a very left brain thinker. I'm I'm very scientific minded. I'm so this human design, learning about it, 
it never probably in the past would have hit me the way that it has hit me now. And so I, I credit my child for that, for opening my mind back up again. Nothing happens in a bubble. Nothing's, nothing's a vacuum. Um, everything happens for a reason. And just the more that we, that we realize that, the more that we realize that there's nothing wrong with us, that even those bits that don't feel good are part of us. Um, you know, I think even just uh, a few months ago, progress is painful. Sometimes yeah. it can be really hard mm. to stretch out of that skin. You're, you're shedding and, and it can become raw. Mm. Um, you're just moving through this, this process of, of metamorphosis. And sometimes at the end, it can happen so quickly that you're just a nerve and, and anything that touches you, you, you just feel like you're jumping out of your skin. And so a couple of months ago for me, I had this, I called it the pit. I had a pit in my stomach mm. and it wasn't going away. And I, I was just like, you know, I, I've been doing all of this work on myself. I, I've been, you know, um, participating in, in all of these things to to help myself to grow. What is wrong with me? Yeah. You know, and thinking about it from that perspective, what is wrong? And then I had this experience that helped me to see, you know what? This pit is not separate from me. It's part of me. Right. It's part of who I am. And I can love that pit. And I can hug that pit and I can say to that pit, you're part of me. We can work on this together. Mm. We, we can do this together. And I even, like, I gave my pit, <laughs> I called it Brad. <laughs> like Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just um, being able to, you know, really tap into myself that way and, and saying, even though this feels uncomfortable. It's part of me and I can embrace this part of me. And it allowed it to just absorb into me. And then I, I didn't have the anxiety surrounding it anymore. And, and you know, utilizing my design and, and helping me to move through that through my design as well. And um, it gave me incredible insight to where that was coming from inside of my design. And, and now being able to use that as an affirmation to move through that when I'm feeling in those uncomfortable bits. So just the journey is worth it. Like it's yes. so worth it. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. And it turns out that compassion towards yourself and kindness towards yourself is the way to healing, is the way to feel better. And yeah, that was so powerful. I love that. You're bad pit. Um that's just just <laughs> awesome. The experience that your anxiety is actually there to help you and that's yeah something that I have spoken about with clients quite a lot actually that you're that whenever they're experiencing kind of real struggles with their mental health or or whatever their particular challenges are that it's actually their body giving them signals to help them like it's actually trying to support them so if we can be compassionate and 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 know that that is a, a, a you know a more vulnerable part of ourselves trying to help us and be kind towards that part of ourselves and say what are you trying to tell me like what what am I not picking up here that you you have picked up rather than what is wrong with me what is wrong with this part of me and sort of alienating ourselves from it and that just that connecting up just 
changes everything and enables you to move through I think with your words and I like that it's, it's just a completely different different approach yeah love that thank you so much I feel like we've we've gone through so many different topics during this time but I feel like it's been such an amazing conversation was there anything else that you wanted to touch on or speak about before we finish just that you know I I'm I'm going to address the issue head on because I'm a very direct person that some people might feel like human design is kind of out there like it's Mm -hmm. a this woo kind of topic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm very left brain. I have four degrees. I'm an academic. Um, I'm very, you know, science minded. I come from the field of education. Uh, I have a huge background in like the, you know, psychology and neuroscience and, you know, just understanding that we are energetic beings we are we are made from energy from the moment that you know sperm meets egg and and all of those cells start to divide and um you know we have these uh, like channels that are created in our bodies and that's why acupuncture works because you know when those needles go in it helps to open those energetic channels back up if someone has a heart attack um, you know, we use the defibrillator, which is electricity to shock our bodies back to life. We are energy. We are energy. And, and that is what human design is based off of. It's teaching us, you know, we are these energetic beings. And if we are able to really tap into how to understand our energy, how to use our energy, we can use that energy to help us in life. We, we've been given this gift. We've been given this understanding. And, and, you know, people say when you're sent home with your kid from the hospital, there's no blueprint for this. There yes. is a blueprint. There <laughs> is a, yeah. Human design is a blueprint. Yeah. You no. Know? And my seven-year-old daughter is proof of this. Like I'm teaching her how to live through her design and, you know, she's fighting it a bit on certain things. And at the same time, like when she understands more of, you know, where her emotions are coming from and where uh, she's inviting in emotions from other people and how to separate that and, you know, how to focus what she's doing and, and how to, you know, if she asks people first for permission before she does stuff, then there's less uh, resistance, less in her life and um you know it's not about saying like this is how you have to be there's no rigid you know for this it's suggestions that when you hear them it rings instantly true in your brain and you are able to intuitively tap into it and follow this design and and be able to truly feel like not think, feel about the path of resistance just melting away in front of you when you're truly able to embrace and live through your design. And for me, that's, that's really what it's about. It's, it's very scientific. You know, when, when they hook us up to these uh, machines, they can actually see bundles of nerves collected in different parts in our bodies that you know, the ancients call the chakral system. Yeah. It's there. It's there. We have those things in our bodies. We can, science is now meshing with this ancient wisdom. And I think it's just a beautiful thing. And, and I, I love how it all comes together and, you know, how we can truly utilize our bodies 
for what they're meant for to to heal our mind love it thank you marie thank you so much and how do people get in touch with you if they want to know more about you and what you're doing what's the best way for people to reach out to you Yes, I'm on Facebook. You can find me at Maria Dowell. Got a cute little picture of myself in nature. And uh, I call it my not quite Instagram because I'm on there, but you know, not, <laughs> I don't post on there regularly, but you can reach me there and um, I'll eventually get back to you. And uh, that's at Grow You with Marie. And it's G R O W, the letter U with Marie. Love that. Thank you so much. And all those details will be in the show notes for today's episode as well, if anyone wants to get in touch. So thank you so much for your time, Marie. I really appreciate it. What an amazing conversation. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Wow, what an incredible conversation with Marie today. I feel as though it's opened so many places for reflection for me. I hope you've stuck with it and followed on, even though some of the terms we were talking about might have been a bit tricky. Human design is such a fascinating topic, and I'm going to put some resources for you on the show notes so that you know where to begin if you'd like to have a look and see what your human design is. Because I think it's really powerful just knowing these things about yourself. And like I said, I have a huge background in therapy and I still learned some things about myself that I didn't know which was really amazing I just want to say thank you so much for the lovely reviews we've been receiving from a number of different places but I'm going to share a couple with you here from iTunes Mrs Honeyfly says just what we need in lockdown absolutely love Harriet's calming tone of voice and gives so much inspiration and hope in the darkest times so grateful to have found this podcast thank you Sal One says, thanks for this much needed podcast. I'm so grateful for this amazing podcast, which has helped me during this dark time of lockdown. Knowing that I'm not alone and hearing other people's stories has given me personal hope to get back to a good place with my own mental health. That is what we are here for. And it just makes me so happy to hear things like this from people. Sarah, only human says, inspirational. I find this podcast really inspiring. Each episode so far has got me thinking about my own life and how I view hope and recovery. Harriet's interview style is easygoing and authentic. She has a great way of getting the best out of her guests and reminding us that there is always hope, even when we can't see it. The guests so far have all been incredible and I love that each person's journey has been somewhat different, but with that underlying theme of inspiration and hope. And yeah, I really hope that that is what you get from this because there is so much hope to be found even when we're having a really difficult time. And if there's anything that I'm able to bring you, I hope it is that. A little bit more hope, a little bit more joy and inspiration and light into your into your daily life. Because it's been really tough, hasn't it? And we really deserve that extra support at the moment. So otherwise, take really good care and you'll hear from me soon.